Welcome everybody to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, we're going to be talking about scaling your businesses, in particular, scaling HR services through technology and whatnot with a company called Scale HR. So with me today is Jeff Waldman. He is the founder and principal of Scale HR. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Great. Thank you for having me. So Scale HR is the name of your business. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory and we're going to get into the details of really what you're doing over there as well and the niche that you're occupying. But before I do that, I would love to hear you answer the first question that I like to ask, which is in your experience, what are three things that every entrepreneur needs to know? That's a pretty loaded question, Lance. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I, I guess from my point of view, I think the three things that um, every entrepreneur needs to know is um, they need to understand risk. And um, so I think that that's the first thing, because if you think that going into a business has zero zero percent risk, um, you're, you're basically dreaming, right? So yeah. you need to have an ability to deal with higher risk than you would normally. I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is, you know, you really have to have a strong um, uh, business um, acumen. And it's not just about the actual idea or the, the, the product or service that you're selling, but you need to be well-versed in all areas of it, whether that be finance, uh, sales, marketing, uh, strategy, um, you know, people management, um, you know, dealing with contractors, vendors, you know, all of those things, you know, all have to be part of your you know repertoire um and i think the third thing is you you need to be self-driven right mm -hmm. and um you know i think um obviously if you're starting a business you're on your own and it's something that um you, you know you need to find the motivation from, from somewhere and it, and it starts with you and i think you need to know how to, to drive yourself and, and sure you know there are days where i'm thinking like what the hell am i doing and you know you know, why did I start this uh, two years ago? You know, I should be better served to working for someone else. And then there are days where I'm on cloud nine. So I think those are the three things for me that uh, stand out. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the one that you were talking about, like uh, the, the strong business acumen is so is that something that you came into your, uh, you know, entrepreneurial journey with a, a business degree or something like that? Where did you get your strong business acumen? So yeah, so I actually have a uh, business background uh, degree in uh, commerce. Um, I'm from uh, Vancouver originally, so I went to uh, Sauter School of Business in British Columbia. Um, yep. Business wasn't natural for me, actually. Um, I didn't come from a you know entrepreneurial family. My parents are both sort of hard workers, you know, the nine to five, and um, and I didn't really have anyone to you know, uh, uh, look up to, I kind of fell into business, from, you know, from an education standpoint, um, when I realized I was really good at math and um, it was just sort of a natural thing for me and I understood it. And so I naturally fell into business. I knew that it was something that I would like and it turned out to be true. Um, and so the entrepreneurial journey was not something that was uh, built into my brain you know, early on, it kind of happened um, naturally, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's really interesting. And I know that uh, Scale HR isn't your first business either. And so uh, before we get into, I guess, some of the backstory of the journey, why don't you tell me a little bit about Scale HR? What uh, problems are you guys trying to solve over there? So we basically work with uh, growing um, SMBs, so small, mid-sized uh, companies. Um, and, and the key word is growing because um, what small, mid-sized companies, you know, um, have happened is that when they start to grow and they're 20 employees, 30 employees, 50 and, you know, higher, things start, start to break and things start yeah. to break from a people standpoint. And it's a very broad area, I mean, HR. And so, um, and they don't have the resources and money to hire a whole team. And that's, you know, very expensive. And so where we come in is we will work with um, those organizations um, on a fractional basis, on outsourcing basis to, you know, minimize their costs, but they still have us as, you know, leadership expert, you know, um, HR expert to be able to actually solve their problems for them, do the work for them at a fashion of a price if, if they were to hire a team. Yeah. Yeah. So a very similar model to what we have actually at Ample Media, where uh, we come in is that marketing arm, the, the fractional yeah. kind of piece that's required to fill any gaps that a client might have there. You're doing it on the HR side. I love that you have this really hyper focus though on companies that are rapidly growing for two reasons. I think one, like what you just said in terms of there's a stage in a business's life cycle or growth cycle um, that they get to where things do really start to fall apart. They really start to break. We're experiencing that actually at Ample Media. And so, uh, you know, in the last year, we went from from 12 people to now we're around 24 people, something like that, 23. And and so I noticed, started really noticing it, like you said, around that 20 person mark is where it's like, okay, our processes aren't re as refined as what they need to be. Uh, we don't have the right procedures in place. There's things that are, there, there's definitely some gaps um, yep. and we don't have the expertise in house and we can't afford that. And so, yeah, like it's a perfect fit for what you're doing there, but then also like with these rapidly growing companies, not only are they exciting to work with, um, but there's an ongoing need right uh, there because there's so many things that you can do from an HR perspective, because it's critical to the success of those companies. So it's a wonderful spot for you to have your business base. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it takes time. I mean, obviously when you're building a, a foundation of, of a house, I mean, that doesn't happen overnight. And so it's a very similar analogy here is, is that a lot of founders, you know, leaders of companies are uh, technical experts, right? So they're building like a marketing technology or a FinTech product. Um, that's yeah. where their head is at. Um, and quite often, um, many of the people uh, you know, have never managed people before. So, and there's, you know, automatically, you know, forced to manage people because of their, their, their founder uh, title and, and status. So, um, you know, and then when that happens, you know, things start to a, fall apart. Um, you know, you start to experience some uh, productivity issues. You start to experience that turnover. You start to experience, you know, higher cost for hiring people. And there, there, there's a whole array of things that happen. And then oftentimes I'll get a call and it usually starts off with the founder saying, uh, Jeff, um, I read an article. Okay, stop, stop right there. Say, <laughs> forget about the article. But why is that? Because they're reading articles about Netflix, Airbnb, Google, Facebook, but 
they are big tech companies that have lots of money and they've already been through that uh, journey. They're far, you know, far ahead. You need to start at, at, at you know, at the basic uh, ground level. And, um, yeah. you know, so the relationship that we have with these companies tends to be long-term. And I say long-term, maybe about two to about three years, because it, it does take time to kind of build, you know, the infrastructure. And then even when they do hire a team, and then we actually help them you know, hire the HR team, they still need ongoing support because they're still growing. They might be going for a series A and there's a million things going on at once. And so we can be that voice of reason to, to help the HR leader and the HR team make sure that they're focused on, on the right things and also advise the leadership team as well. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I saw on your website too, uh, which which again, I think is just a really brilliant aspect of your service is the a tech stack. Uh, part of the equation too, right? Because there's so many tools out there that are being developed um, that are are accessible now to small businesses. There's been, you know, software as a service has really democratized great technology, I think. And so smaller companies can access that and the costs grow usually on a per seat basis oftentimes. So they grow with the growing company, right? And so it's something that's very affordable you guys will come in and you'll actually have recommendations there and help them figure out what tech stack they need and making sure everything is talking to each other and, and automating what can be automated and so on, which is a huge savings too for those companies. Yeah, so a big part of our service is, is doing that. I mean, as you said, Lance, you know, technology, there's a million and one platforms out there. And, you know, most of my peers, you know, you know, to, you know, leading HR for their companies really, I would say, don't have a full understanding of all of the different tools that they can use. And it normally yeah. starts by them asking their close network, you know, what are you using for you know, hiring? You know, what are you using for performance management? And it starts to be like a hodgepodge of solution. And so one of our beliefs is that you know, how you scale HR, a big component of that is using the right technology using mm -hmm. you know the right tools that are cost effective right obviously it, if you're a small company you don't have as much money to spend and spend and burn on software yeah. as you would if you're a 5,000 person organization so um that's the critical part and that's a massive opportunity right now and we've done you know several projects on that not only sort of Sort of walking them through the the business side of it and understanding the, the people element to it but then once we have that understanding then we can identify the right tools and then actually help them roll, roll them out and then actually mm -hmm. measure you know uh you know, success uh, later on yeah we had a very deep um network of you know um, hr tech solutions out there you know from around the world we do try to stick to canadian ones but yeah. Of course, there are many great solutions, you know, that are based in, in the US, uh, the UK, you know, Australia and Asia. So we have deep you know, relationship with these companies and we know firsthand as to what's going to happen from a product standpoint. We know exactly when, you know, new launches will be dropped and, and, and so on. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love the focus that you have on, uh, you know, providing some preferential treatment to the vendors who are here in Canada as well. I think that's really great. No, a question for you just with, you know, the pandemic and this hybrid work environment that um, most businesses are kind of returning to. And, and I mean, there's still lots of them, ours included, who haven't returned back to the office yet. What changes from an HR standpoint have you seen? What trends, what 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 nuances, I guess, have, have really changed from pre-COVID to this environment that we're in now? So that's, so that's a great question. So I'm actually yeah. speaking at a conference next week, uh, Tech Talent North in Toronto, in October 18th, um, and we're and I'll be leading a or co-leading a session on rethinking total rewards and it's mm. specific, you know a specific HR in, in tech audience. And so, what's really changed, which is going to be part of our talk, is that um, we've been forced to go from a you know five day a week in person for the most part in an office, being around your peers uh, physically, to you know, working from home. And so yeah. it's a huge, you know, reliance on uh, technology. So video technology, collaborative software, making sure that, you know, people have access. So, you know, cloud technology, all of these things are all now a must-have uh, compulsory tool. It, it's no longer nice to have. If you download documents on your hard drive, that's like, you know, 1982, right? So, um, you know, so all of these things that it's a heavy reliance on, you know, technology, whether it be cloud computing, uh, laptop, your mobile device, that is your key connection. The yeah. second big change has been because people are you know, working from home, okay, there's less of a separation between work and personal life. Yeah. And I've been a long advocate that those who work in a professional setting, um, the white collar, I guess, you know, services type organization, um, you know, technology, um, you know, you can't turn off work and just go into your personal life and then, and then go back to it. Those days are gone, yeah. um, but you can manage it. Okay. And so what we're saying is that there is a significant increase in things like burnout, stress, um, your mental health and so i've been doing uh, quite a bit of research uh, lately and so from an hr standpoint it's ensuring that people feel connected engaged to the workplace and to each other when you're working with that technology the second thing is to mm -hmm. really overlay um employee well-being to all of your, your hr strategy going forward because you want to avoid things like burnout stress mental health, all of these things. And that's why you're seeing a massive uptick in investment for uh, well-being. So mm -hmm. those are the two uh, key things. Yeah, and I, I really like what you're talking about with regard to the um, the blending of the personal life and the professional life, the work life, right? And just how we as a society have, haven't had this blending occur and, you know, like, like what we have going on right now for you know, generations. And so me as an entrepreneur, yourself as well, 
I'd imagine uh, you, this is this is old hat, right? Like this is something that you've dealt with as you're growing your business. There's always yeah. like as entrepreneurs, there's always has that blending occurring. But for the general workforce, it's new. And that's one of the things that has really, I've struggled with in really recognizing and appreciating how my staff now are acting a little bit more like how I have been for years, um, but they aren't used to that. And so it's creating that, that stress, anxiety, the, um, uh, you know, just around that aspect of trying to create that separation. Do you think that regardless of the technology that's out there, that the days of having that work-life separation that we historically have thought about, do you, do you think that's over now? Like, can employees even function today in a world where the blending has already occurred um, if they try to separate themselves from that blend? So it it's a bit of a, a balanced question, like a balanced answer. So to think of the world of work today using all thoughts is gone. Okay, so, you know, back in the day, like you would go to an office and then you would leave your you know, laptop there. Yeah. And you 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 didn't have a, a, a smartphone, right? Yeah. So th there was no way for you to be connected to work, even if you work for a tech company, you know, for example. Now everything is here, it's always with you. So the trick though, um, so that blending world will always be there. But I think what you know, I'm seeing is a more um you know, consistent and sort of conscientious effort to turn things off, you know, when you want to and knowing yourself and, you know, everyone's different, right? And so for me, you know, I could be like a late night owl and that's when I do my sort of thinking, you know, for you, Lance, maybe at sort of 7 a.m. in the morning and, you know, or earlier. Um, it really needs to ensure that this whole customization and flexibility and personalizing how you work need to be there. And so that's why managers need to be really cognizant. They need to really know their people. Mm -hmm. um, you can't put a blanket blanket policy over everybody. You need to have a policy that's flexible enough so that managers can be really cautious. You know, cautious. Hey, Lance is this type of a person, needs this support and this. You know, Joe over here needs A, B, and C, and, you know, Mary, right? So, um, the blending will always be there unless you work in an organization that builds things, you know, a manufacturing plant where you can just sort of turn things on and off and that's easy. But yeah, um, yeah. we're now a service thought brain power type of, yeah. you know, workforce. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the thought workforce, right. The, where you have to have to apply that it's uh it, it, I, yeah, like I don't think that we're ever returning back to a place like that again. And and so there's a, you know, there's a lot of people that historically have talked about the work-life balance. And you hear this a lot, oftentimes within the entrepreneurial com community, right? Where it's like, oh, you know, like you have to figure out a way to separate it as an entrepreneur as well and so on. And there's a part of me that kind of wants to reject that now. It's kind of like, no, you know what? This is This is how I am. 
and I'm okay with it. I'm okay to have that blending occur, but the, the sensitivity part of it that I have to insert is just that not everybody else is like me on my team. And so, like you said, you have to really balance all of these different types of personalities. That I think is going to be the biggest challenge for leaders going forward now, I, I think. So how I'm do sure. you, yeah, like how, how do you support them? How do you coach them? Um, is there, uh, you know, how, how are you helping them navigate through that? Because it's not now anymore, just kind of like a one size fits all of my employees. It's very, very customized or needs to be if you're going to have a really happy, you know, productive workforce. So I, I always start with the place of uh, data, right? So really understanding. I, so I mean, if you have 20 employees, uh, 200, you know, you know, it doesn't really matter, but I try to, to collect um, information to you know, establish a, a baseline as yeah. to what people are actually feeling. And there's a bunch of different areas. So, you know, leadership, you know, how I'm feeling from a wellness, uh, well-being perspective, you know, how things are going, from, you know, from a recognition standpoint, you know, career progression, all these different elements that, that are, are critically important in any organization. And so, you know, after looking at the data, you can sort of start to see where some of the strengths are and then where the opportunities are. And then I drill deep into people. And um, again, it's really important for managers. Um, they need to be constantly, um, you know, working with a coach. I firmly believe that every single manager should, should, should have a coach. Yeah. Um, and that person, whether it's me or anyone, I mean, it doesn't matter, but um, that person can actually work with that um manager to be able to to build those skills they're already technical experts they already know they function but 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 when it comes to managing people that's yeah. a continuous sort of lifelong journey that yeah. will continue to you know change over time and yeah. so there needs to be that ongoing communication dialogue and especially when people are, are working from home maybe they're working in a co-working space but there's that separation that physical separation so you need to be talking more right you need to be communicating more with the people and uh, quite frankly managers need to be listening they need to listen i mean the yeah. people are saying um and they need to watch they need to analyze the data so um i think it's a, it, so that is really where i start um it's difficult just to be able to help someone if I don't have that that sort of baseline some understanding. Um, but it um, it's something, and you know, and then we 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 will drill deep into scenarios, and we come up with our, our proper solutions and you know game plan going forward. Um, mm -hmm. But it's always around you know, employee well being, and it's always around you know supporting people through um, you know communication and um, you know. On, you know, empathy yeah. and understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And the data starting from there, it's, it's just, uh, it's really interesting because in this remote work environment, you have to rely on digital data to really figure some of that stuff out, right? Like, uh, and surveying and, and so on, I would imagine where in the past, when we were all in the same physical location, the data that you were collecting was a lot of visual uh, data and the, yeah, and, and the soft touch, touch points, right? Where it's like, you can kind of tell when somebody's stressed out, you can see it, but I can't tell if my employee is stressed out, if I'm not having, like you said, very regular conversations with them. And when they're remote, 
um, that sometimes doesn't happen because for me as the, the leader of Ample Media, um, it's usually the squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of scenario where it's like, there's so many other things I'm, I'm pulled in different directions. And so it's hard for me to have those touch points unless something like really breaks. And so, uh, so yeah, the, having a data set that a person could see some of those leading indicators prior to something getting, you know, going haywire. You're absolutely right. You know, I think also too, I mean, obviously video, you're the very powerful tool. I mean, I mean, video yeah. doesn't have the same, Look, I mean, if you were to rank, you know, it's an in-person meeting in a in a meeting room, uh, sort of face-to-face -face versus a video call like this, obviously that sort of in-person room is the best option. Um, but given people now work from, you know, you know, different cities and uh, geography, you know, that's not possible. So this is the second next best thing. And, and, and quite frankly, it's quite good because you're, you're still communicating with, with someone. Yeah. You know, you're still having those conversations. So that part hasn't changed. And, you know, it's it just the mechanism for which you're, you're communicating has changed. Now you've got, you know, advantages of, of chat uh, technology. You have, you know, obviously email has been around forever, but, you know, collaborative software, video, all these different things. And so you could need to use all of them. Um, so at your uh, you know, disposal. And quite frankly, a lot of people that are in the tech industry or, or smaller organizations love the flexibility of, you know, working from home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, completely, completely. Now, I mean, we talked a lot about HR and I love having experts on the show because we were able to get some, some good ideas out there in the hands of, of some of uh, our audience who might be able to use, utilize or tap into that expertise. And so I really appreciate that. Now, just going back to your journey though, I'd love to ask you a couple more questions about that. And so uh, in terms of, uh, of, of your personal or, or, or entrepreneurial uh, adventures that you've been on today, and I know this wasn't your first business, but if we were to, you know, be able to gift you a million dollars at the start of Scale HR, what would you have done differently than what you did as you were growing and scaling your business? So that's a tough question because I've always been quite lean in everything I've done. I think, I think for me, yet if I had a million dollars, I, I probably would have. Um, invested in a business coach you know earlier i do have one now right um and i had someone who i work with but i would have done that sort of right out of the gate mm -hmm. i also would have had someone i would have partnered with an organization like an ample media from a marketing standpoint and a sales strategy point of view i didn't do that sort of out of the gate because i didn't have you know uh that ability um i also would have invested in my technology um, infrastructure earlier that takes time to kind of evolve. And so I use, you know, Google Workspace now. Um, but what's missing from that is actually optimizing it, right? Mm -hmm. And I haven't done that, right? So I, so I probably would have invested earlier on that. Um, I probably would have, um, you know, in, invested some money in actually building my own software as well. You know, I have some services, you know, that I offer that um, I can actually kind of probably roll into a product of a you know, lightweight type of thing. I probably would have done that earlier as well. Um, I think those are the um, those are the key things. And then obviously on the marketing and sales front, social media, you know, those type of thing, brand awareness, and then obviously my website 
um you know i mean it's okay um but i you know definitely need to be improved and i think i would have i probably would have done those things earlier um in the game if i had that kind of capital but of course that's not always the case no, so. no. when you're bootstrapping you're bootstrapping right you got to pick yeah. off the things that are the biggest priority at the time the biggest pain points and so yeah we have to make those choices it's it's fascinating just to hear how different entrepreneurs will reflect back and what it is that they'll they'll focus on coaching is one of the ones that does come up a lot um and actually like marketing is one too that uh, we hear a lot too where where people are like yeah i, I wish i would have had that figured out a little bit sooner because um you know with good marketing comes more more sales, more customers uh, is sure. the idea, right? Um, so um, from a personal perspective, um, I'm curious about what your take is on the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Um, what do you love about it? What do you find most difficult about it? So what I love about it is that um, you have you know, extreme flexibility um, to manage your day, manage your time, manage your schedule, you yeah. know, all these types of things, you know, if you want to take a holiday and, and, you know, it's a working holiday, you can do that. You have the most flexibility basically out of any uh, profession out there, which I love. I absolutely love that. Um, yeah. you know, I can spend more time with my family if I want to, which I do, I'm very involved in my kids' lives and that would only be possible you know, sort of doing what I'm doing now. Um, you know, I like the ability that I can create, you know, anything I want. And, mm. you know, if I have some my great ideas, I can go ahead and do it. And, um, you know, it's my vision. It, 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 it's my concept. I own it. I take, you know, you know full accountability for it. I think the downside to it, obviously, is, um, you know, you don't have that a steady paycheck every day so if you risk averse uh this is not for you and um and i learned earlier that i i you know you know i see i actually enjoy taking a risk i i find it thrilling um and so i think so if the downside obviously the, the you know you know the revenue generation part the income um some days are very stressful because um the sort of emotional toll that it takes on you being responsible for employees um you know not knowing if you're going to be able to afford uh your cost next month all of these type of things um it becomes your problem right yeah. not uh, somebody else's so i guess from an emotional standpoint there's a lot of roller coasters you know that i go through um but i wouldn't you know trade it you know for anything yeah. So how do you yourself manage that emotional roller coaster? What do you do uh, for your, your own self? So I, uh, I, I'm a huge sports guy, um, both fan, but also, you know, athlete too. Um, and so although my uh, sort of sport playing days, are, you know, gone down the hill, uh, you know, I try to exercise, you know, what I can. Um, you know, I do read, I take walks, um, I'll take breaks, I'll do all of those type of things. Um, you know, just she's a she's a good one there, right here. Yeah. Just a lot of not that giving a fuck. So, you know, or you know, reading things like mindset. This is an excellent book here. So, you know, these are the types of things that sort of help me, but I also have it's a mindset too. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to figure it out. 
I mean, I'm like, I mean, I have it, you know, the answer now, but I have that confidence in myself that I'm going to figure it out and instead of freaking out. And then it sort of overtakes my whole being, um, you know, I have trained myself to really say, you know, Jeff, take a deep breath. You've got this and, yeah. you know, you'll, you'll figure it out if you need to, to step away for an hour um, and then come back to it. That's fine, too. So, yeah. um, you know, deep breathing, you know, I do all of these things. Um, um, I'm not a huge, um, um, you know, um, you know, like app like Headspace or Calm or what have you. Uh, some people love them. I I find they don't work for me. Um, yeah. And so for me, it's just changing my scenery, yeah. changing things up a little bit. Maybe I'll go downtown and to work at the co-working space. You know, but I work at that might kind of help me sort of you know get out of a rut. You know, what have you um maybe go to montreal and spend time with uh my wife's family while working you know things like that yeah 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 it's it's uh it's interesting how everybody uh approaches things i i'm similar to you in the sense where uh the physicality part of like sports and and being active really really helps me with my mental health i think a lot um and i and i love just uh you know taking walks and pondering things and letting my mind kind of figure figure like work on things uh in kind of in the background um as i'm relaxing or enjoying some of that time too the uh, I, and the quote that you had there just around the you know i can figure it out i have trust in myself to figure it out and i i 100 agree with you on that i think all entrepreneurs have to have that where it's it's like no like everything's figure outable <laughs> i don't think it's a yeah. i don't think it's a word but it's figure outable um and and that's the thing is if when we're approaching the challenges out there that we face or that society faces i mean that's where we come up with all these amazing ideas and business opportunities as well as it's it's usually faced with some sort of adversity and us as entrepreneurs are finding a way to solve that problem um and so it's figure outable yeah anyway exactly. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you uh, providing the insights that you did on the HR side of things. I think that's going to really help out a lot of business owners as they start to, you know, really grapple with and try to figure out how to navigate where we're at today in the work environment. Uh, but then also you're uh, sharing your your history and your entrepreneurial um, insights is just really great, too. So thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. And uh, thank you for having me, Lance. If somebody wanted to reach out to you or to find out more about Scale HR, what's the best way for them to do that? Our website, uh, goscalehr.com. Um, you can you know, uh, send me an email, jeff at goscalehr.com. I'm all over social media as well. You can also LinkedIn, um, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, you know, you can find me there. And there is another Jeff Waldman. He does finance. That's not me. So I'm the other one in uh, HR, but I'm 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 findable. So I'm all over the place. So um, you know, that's the best way to uh, to to do that. Excellent. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. And for those of you who appreciated this episode and what Jeff had to say, we have lots of other interviews over in the archives at amplifyyourbusiness.ca. And of course, if you prefer to listen to this in an audio format only, uh, head over to your favorite podcasting platform and you'll be able to find us there by searching Amplify Your Business. Until next time, everybody have a prosperous day.